0: I wonder if we've shrunk our children's worlds down to the classroom and to screens belonging to their phones and their computers and the TV. You might have heard on AM this morning, a research psychologist, Dr. Eric Sigmund, voice his concern that at a time critical for young people to be forming the ability to read people's moods and body language, they're spending more and more time on remote online Communication. At precisely the time that their brains need to develop social skills, and this requires face to face interaction with their parents, with their friends, and with other people on the streets. There is actually a neurological need to see real people with subtle body language, to be able to hear real voices right before them. And if this goes missing, we could have problems 10, 20 years down the road. Okay, I'm curious to hear from you also this morning about whether you feel like your kids' online behavior is getting a a little bit out of control and, and that you don't really know how to rein them in or tell them to turn things off? Um, are they retreating further and further into the world of online communication or texting with their friends or just watching television? Are you a bit lost? Well, the need is for you to step in, but I wonder if some of you have difficulty knowing how to do that. Let us know your situation, 1300 222 720. Maggie Hamilton is a leading writer on children's issues and tonight she's addressing a Young Media Australia seminar which will discuss the sexualisation of childhood, particularly the experiences of girls. Maggie Hamilton has been kind enough to join us. Hello to you.
1: Great to be with you, Jeff.
0: Maggie, what's the gist of your message to the seminar tonight?
1: I I think the biggest thing is that life has changed rapidly in a very few short years. Uh, mums and dads in Australia have only really had internet for the families for the last five, six years. Our kids have only had access to mobile phones with cameras and videos in the last three years and that things have radically changed and as adults we need to catch up and to stay caught up so that we can parent in a way that's relevant for the twenty first century challenges we're facing.
0: Okay. So your concern is that these kids have have pretty narrow life experiences.
1: Absolutely. And we we're actually seeing uh, this starting from birth with the the huge promotion now of, of branded uh, clothing, toys, etc., to babies from six months up. And advertisers know if they can get mums and dads um, with the little branded T-shirts, you know, with all the fun figures that we're all very familiar with, into the homes at six months on the T-shirts, on the bibs, on the crotch of babies' um, nappies the product uh, reinforcement starts there too, so that by two, that child will recognize those items in store. But what it creates as they grow then is this narrower and narrower world where, you know, basically they're sitting in bedrooms full of, you know,
2: technology, fluffy toys yeah.
1: um, and watching DVDs over and over and not getting outside and and learning about the world, being curious about it. So that it makes them incredibly suggestible so that when we start to hit the sexualized messages, which are happening now yep. really as kids hit school, they have nothing else to judge it by. And so they they adopt this sexualized behavior. I mean, we're now having problems with kids sending sexting or inappropriate sexual me- uh, uh, messages and visuals to each other at primary school now, not just at, in high school, um, and so it makes our kids incredibly
2: vulnerable.
0: Well, we talk a lot, Maggie Hamilton, about um, you know concerns for young people today, or, or yeah. when, when we see examples of bad behaviour. Something we talk a lot about, obviously, of violence in our community, and why is that? Why is there not enough respect for the bus driver? Why is there, you know, all those yeah. issues that are relevant everywhere? Clearly, uh, you're of the belief that that our kids, in some way, are becoming more and more remote from parents. But doesn't that that, that mean that, that that there is an even greater responsibility and need for parents to, you know, em- embrace some pretty firm, pretty firm things here that that, uh, that, yeah. that says no, you don't retreat solely into that world. There are other yeah. things that we want to engage you in.
1: And I think I think part of the thing is um, that with parents that they have to because of the huge marketing and you know the desperation everybody is, is feels under to kind of appear cool including parents that parents have actually got have have lost a lot of confidence in in their gut feelings about whether or not something feels like a good idea their initial my, response might be oh I'm not sure that's a good idea but then you know the person down the street's doing it and somebody else is doing it so perhaps it's a good idea i think the other thing that we forget is that because we are so busy Kids retreat to these um, things like TV and DVDs because they want the company. And we need to engage them because all they're looking for is love, belonging, and acknowledgement. They want to belong to something. They want to feel acknowledged. And we know that where kids are involved in a rich family life, which doesn't mean to say people have to be going off on holidays overseas,
2: but mm-hmm. you
1: know, an interesting life, Um, which is often uh, centred around the backyard, around local markets, around neighbours, around the community, and helping in little ways and and being made responsible in ways as they grow. Those are the kids who are uh, navigating much better. The ones who've been left to live in a world of, of branded junk. Um, I mean, we're now seeing, for instance, kids at preschool very anxious about, would you believe, their body image and their presentation. And that that intensifies in the years 6 to 12. And we're now seeing those kids, the first lot of kids who've been under that pressure emerging into teenage life. They're now the 13-, 14-year-olds who are the ones who are now getting into the underage uh, drinking, the binge drinking, the underage sex, the cutting and so on, to levels that we haven't seen
0: before. Just stay with me. You're listening to Maggie Hamilton. Maggie, will be, uh, who's a, a writer on children's issues, will be addressing a Young Media Australia seminar tonight. And I, I wonder if you want to consider some of the things that Maggie, Maggie has suggested. This notion of more and more kids spending more and more time in retreat, in their bedrooms, online, watching TV, watching DVDs. How hard is it for you to get your kids out of their bedroom? And I wonder, Maggie touched on something that was interesting and, and will require a lot of guts from you to tell me if it's your case. Are you losing confidence? As a parent, have you lost confidence in your ability to make the right decision, to know how you, I don't know, say no to a child in that situation? Uh, broadly across the spectrum, we, it, it seems like more and more parents are sort of flailing around and struggling with something maybe another generation took to be a real fundamental one three hundred triple two seven twenty Maggie, what's your message then to parents who might find themselves in this situation? Because I know it sounds yeah. very negative, but as a parent, I think it's a you kind of reap what you sow a little bit. So absolutely. So, so the responsibility is on me as a parent to be to be firm and impose certain things and invite those kids into a world I'll just give you a a really silly example yesterday my son was at home doing what he does on the weekend which on this occasion was you know playing one of his games and we said no we're going to Bold Park which is a very nice place going for a bit of a walk for an hour and a half we want you to come along he started off we thought his shoulders might be sagging a bit after an hour and a half he'd had a great time and he had lungs full of fresh air now I know that sounds a bit like a homily but there are some really basic things aren't there
1: yes and I think hit the nail on the head and and really the good news for parents is that a lot of the stuff is actually quite simple it's about sitting down and having meals together like we used to so that all the little worries the funny incidents you know the quirky things that happen get spoken about and it's the opportunity for parents to bring up subjects about tricky subjects which need to be discussed without kids feeling like they're being eyeballed it's about uh, allowing into the home people of different generations, you know, inviting those those people in with the kids around so that they don't disappear off to the bedroom when people of different ages come in, but they're actually part of it. You know, they might help go and um, you know, carry a cup of coffee or you know, make them part of it, help them prepare for that person coming by, helping you know, make a cake or whatever it
0: is. Maggie, how have we lost these things that were just second nature to us once?
1: I think we've got too busy, and I think everybody's too tired and too stressed.
0: And, and handballed I think, a lot of responsibility to someone else.
1: Absolutely, and I think the other thing is we've mistaken buying a whole heap of stuff giving people, uh, our kids, the fundamentals of of being loved. And, I mean, we know as adults, if we were in a relationship with, you know, a, a woman or a guy who brought home fantastic presents for us but was never there, I think we'd soon start to feel that the relationship wasn't really going anywhere. And it's the same for our kids. And But they also need talk and discussions about the really tricky stuff and we need to do it earlier on you know whether it's about binge drinking about sexting and so on we need to have those discussions with them and we can use popular culture you know talk about what britney's up to or any of the others sure and and get those discussions happening Uh, make make it conversation
0: make a conversation before it becomes accusation
1: absolutely
0: (laughs) (laughs) maggie thanks very much a pleasure. Yeah, great to talk to you. Maggie Hamilton there. And, and, you know, it is important to come up with some pretty simple ways of dealing with these things so you're not always chasing after a, I don't know, teenage horse that's bolted. Talk to Jeff now. one three hundred triple 720 What's your story? What's the situation at your place? And really, I know there'll be so many of you listening going, my God, we're just being told things that we just did that you do talk and you do respect one another and you do eat meals at the same table and you do care what other people are doing, you know, maybe addressing some of those fundamentals is a good way of us not having to deal so often now with things that we don't understand, acts of violence or or, um, eccentric behaviour that when you're older you you just can't relate to anymore. Bernie, hello to you.
3: Hi, Jess. Good morning. Hi.
0: How are you going? I'm well, thanks. Great. Now, Maggie Hamilton... Um, gave us a variety of views. Indeed, uh, we've had a a, a text message that says, well, where is the evidence for Maggie Hamilton's assertions? She hasn't quoted even one study. Is it all just her opinion? I guess in defence of Maggie Hamilton, we've been talking about these issues for a long time and and notions of kids retreating to bedrooms. How do we get them out, Bernie?
3: Well, initially, don't go and buy a PlayStation, a Wii or a a games console. That's my advice. I've got three boys, uh, 11 to 17, and we don't have any of those things. They have a computer. Uh, They have got some games they can play in that computer. That's limited to 30 minutes a week.
0: Ah, Good on you, Bernie. You've done what most people can't and won't do, and that said, set some limits.
3: Well, I think it's all about your values, isn't it? And, you know, if we're going to give them those things, we're, we're giving them a message,
0: do, do your boys blanch at it? Do, they ever, do you ever get that little whiny noise in your ear that says, Mum, it's not fair, everyone else gets to do this?
3: You know, they did it at the start, but they just know that's our standard and, and we've explained why, we've explained about social skills and eye contact. And, <laughs> Good on you. You know, they know about their friends, you know, going home from school and spending four hours in MSN. They know all of that and, you know, they might think that's the price they're paying, but we hope in the long term they'll recognise that, that was a good move.
0: Well, for our bloke, I must say, we, we banned all the all the um, uh, computer and games Monday to Friday. We do let him play them on the weekend, but we noticed the improvement straight away.
3: Absolutely.
0: And, and I'm not sure that we need much more scientific evidence than that, Bernie.
3: Well, I don't think so. I, well, it's working for me, and everybody's got their own values and standards, but I, I wonder sometimes if it's because... As Maggie said, we're just too busy and it's an easy option for us too.
0: It is, and uh, I think even the best parents uh, sometimes need the babysitting option.
3: Well, you know, we're all, tra- we're all doing our best and trying to be good parents. We just need to sometimes, I think, take a closer look at what we're doing.
0: Yeah, and what it is we're trying to achieve. Good yeah. on you, Bernie. Nice to hear from Thanks, you. Jeff. Bye. Uh, Macca observes, if you have tight boundaries, it is easier to be flexible. And Jane says, the first step, no TV or computer in any bedroom. I'm almost going to add the mobile phone next to the bed, Jane. Who needs the call at 2 o'clock in the morning? Dorothy, good morning. Good morning, Jeff.
2: I'm just uh, tell you about what it was like to go to school in the, in the 30s. Go on, Dorothy. Well, we had a teacher. I lived in the country. Yeah. And if you talked in class, you were put outside a glass door and you had to keep talking to yourself. <laughs> and if you stopped talking, he'd go out there with the cane.
0: How long did you have to go out and talk to yourself for?
2: Oh, till the next next break. Whether well, it was it was ten past ten and what lunch was not until twelve, you had to go out there at twelve o'clock.
0: Did that ever happen to you, Dorothy?
2: I was not stupid. I was. I never ever did that because. What,
0: what happened to some of the kids who did? Could you tell me what well, it was, he was like? he just
2: goes for. He never caned them, but he used to threaten them. Yeah. If you do stop talking once more, I'm going to use this on you. Yeah. And. Uh, so they never ever stopped again.
0: Now tell but, me, were the kids wide eyed? Because usually, you know, it's, it's be quiet, go outside and sit there quietly, not be quiet, go outside and keep talking. Um, what did the kids make of it?
2: Well, in the end, after a few times, the ones who went out, they soon learnt not to talk. There we are. Yeah, so it's, it's simple as ABC. I mean, no, no talk about mobile phones. I mean, you didn't even have a telephone, never mind a mobile phone. The only, only phones we had, we used to get two tins, get electric wire and get from one end of the street, the town to the next, and talk to one another on the phone. That's how we did when
0: we were kids. You used that old-fashioned thing just called talking to one another, Dorothy. Yeah, that's what we used to do. That's what all you had in those days. Uh, it's always nice to hear from you, Dorothy. Thank you very much. Yes, right, bye-bye. Morning to you, Brian.
4: Uh, hello, Jeff. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you.
4: Um, I'm just... Uh, it's unbelievable timing. I've uh, just put a website up. Um, We're promoting work-family balance. I used to entertain children for 17 years, um, and uh, what I want to do now is train the mums and dads to entertain their own children because, um, yeah, they're all so busy.
0: We need training to entertain our own children, Brian. That's a well. It's good that you're providing that that kind of option, but what what, what don't we understand about that, Brian?
4: I think it's uh, it's really interesting, Jeff, because when we um, when I went I went to parties and um, people had a lot of money to be able to um, you know, afford to uh, get me to come in and entertain their children. But while I was entertaining their children, I was thinking you should you could be doing this yourself. And bonding with your family, but you got to do it. You got to really do it when they're um, young, yeah. and you build up. You got to build up that uh, that playtime with them, so that they want to uh, play with you, and then you can communicate with them, and then you're
0: right. Okay. So, what advice do you give parents who are battling to be able to talk and communicate and entertain their kids?
4: Well, I I, um, I would honestly say that it's got to start from when they're babies. When they're babies, you get that contact. When you get with their toddlers, you, you play with them. You you get, um, as they grow up, you learn to um, just play. Come down, go down to their level and uh, make, make sure that your egos don't take over what's important in your life, which is your family.
0: Brian, lovely to hear from you.